Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. So it gives me great joy to be able to bring to you the Drop-In CEO podcast, creating great content, great insights for you. But just know, it could be easier I am pitched all the time for guests to be on my show, but I carefully select the people that I think are real people, relatable, and will bring amazing insights to you because after all, you are taking your valuable time to join us and gain something from 25 or 30 minutes of your life. And that is my commitment to you. And so I am in pursuit of people that have amazing stories, and I find a lot of them. One such person is Adam Croner, who is an entrepreneur and CEO of a beverage company. But to my surprise, when I get to know these people, oh my, the grit, the tenacity, the stories, all of them are so interesting and important to build who they are at when and when they arrive at the place that they're at now. So amazing. I mean, military career, such discipline, and then coming into organizations at the ground level, seeking personal development, doing the work that's needing, ascending to a plant manager role, and ultimately to his own company. It's not easy. And there's a lot of work behind the scenes. And one of the things that Adam shares with us that is so, so important that I I really, really want you to listen to is that he says, nothing is outside of your control. And while we can be victim to our circumstances, we do have the choice to be the victor in our situation. So I am not going to give away this soundbite. It is so, so impactful. I actually have to listen to it sometimes because I need to remind myself that once you take back control, you have power over your future. And we as leaders, aspiring C-suite leaders, even if you're a CEO now in your role, we can be reminded of these important lessons. So you're in for a big treat, but now let's just listen to a little bit of my interview with Adam Croner. Hello, I am Deb Covey-Allo, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I am grateful you've joined us on another episode of The Drop-In CEO podcast week after week. I get the good fortune of meeting amazing leaders, learn from them, share their insights and inspiration with you. And please, if you love this episode, what I would love if you share with others and so hopefully they subscribe so we can continue to bring you great programming. And also, it is my passion through these conversations that we can help aspiring C-suite leaders take control of their careers and get promoted. But now it is all about my guests. And I have the honor of sharing the mic with my amazing guest, Adam Craner. Adam is a Wisconsin-born entrepreneur who has a love for manufacturing, like me, and growth in leadership. And as co-founder of SN Food and Beverage, Carbless Brands, Adam has built and continues to build the company brand as well as assisting many startup companies through their ideation and bringing a product to market. And as a leader in manufacturing and as an entrepreneur, he has a proven record for creating 
cultural change, building innovation solutions that drive additional revenue and being a forward thinker in human engagement. He speaks to my heart. He is a transparent leader. He has spent his career building teams, driving innovation and using their strengths to create an actionable solution. So uh, he has a amazing journey, but Adam, I want to welcome you onto the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. So I'm excited. Just a little bit of context for my listeners. I found Adam. I was looking for C-suite leaders out of the flavor of fragrance and food industry. We share a common background. But when I got to know him, it was like, oh my, he has done so much in his years that he's been on this earth, as well as giving back, working in operations, as well as building his own business. There's so much to learn from him. But Adam, I would love to turn it over to you now. and Please share a little bit about yourself personally and the journey that you've been on and the work that you're doing now. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think personally, I always think about like pivotal moments and and what kind of shaped me as a human being. Uh, When I was 12, I remember getting a phone call from a farmer. A guy that I hung out with had just quit his job and he suggested me, but never brought it up to me. So at 12 years old, I started working my first job. And within, after my first few paychecks, I purchased a stereo, Kenwood stereo, $280 many years ago. And that particular like transaction, I think, started really shaping my love for work and kind of seeing the reward. Now, at that point, it was a little materialistic, obviously, being 12. But by the time I was 16, working multiple jobs, as a person, I've just had multiple weird, strange occurrences that I I always found normal throughout my life and just has really shaped me as a human. Now have turned into just somebody who like spending time with my family and and like everything I do in business, I translate to my family. And when I do things with my family, I translate that to business. And at the end of the day, just trying to get the most out of life and figuring out how to do that and how to, how to mix it as much as possible. Because um, I know there's a lot of people that look at work-life balance and I just view it as if I can combine these two things and make it balanced all the time, it makes the most sense for me and my family and the people around me. You know, there's something so valuable in that is being so grounded in your values. You know, I look at yourself right now where you're at in your career. And again, oh my, starting your own business as well. You know, so often we're in this hamster wheel of just doing and the activity and trying to get ahead, but being so balanced in, you know, I make my decisions based on how I can support my family and my community and trying to blend the two versus separating them. It's such amazing insight. And a lot of leaders should think about that and what I am doing aligned with my values. And if not, it could be a source of stress and disconnect for what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love you to share a little bit more though about your operations and and manufacturing background, because you kind of jumped in at the bottom floor and moved up. I'd love for you to share more about that journey. Yeah. So I was in sales in 2008 when when the economy took a dive and uh, it was an inside sales role. And that's all it had ever been. I had been in Iraq for uh, close to a year in between. So didn't have much of a book of business. And then the economy took a dive. So a buddy of mine came in and asked me if I wanted to go make $15 an hour cutting cheese at the local cheese factory. I know being from Wisconsin, that's a very big surprise, a cheese factory, right? (laughs) Fun fact, though, the city of Plymouth is the cheese capital of the world. Um, (laughs) So went and started cutting cheese there and very quickly 
liked watching what the line operators were doing. I, w- I was always into cars, mechanical, that seemed fun. Started doing that, had some success, and then started looking at uh, additional roles, production lead. Can I get back into sales? I ended up in a planning role. And somewhere in there, I had went to HR and said, hey, I, I, I'd like to go back to school. What should I go for? And they basically said, well, based on your, your army experience, I was uh, logistics, like, why don't you go for something with supply chain? And um, that ended up feeding into this, this planning role. And then it ended up being a few extra credits to get a quality degree as well. And then, oh, by the way, one more credit and you get your Six Sigma black belt. And I found that all the like troubleshooting that I was doing, and I was, I was okay at it. I wouldn't say I was great. I mean, like I would dive in deep. That didn't mean I was good at it. <laughs> the, the black belt like gave me this beautiful process and tool belt to be able to take that tenacity and work with and just really help me kind of take it to the next level. So I had been in that planning role and was looking to get back into sales and had a, a, a job open up at a different company. I left and then came back to this manufacturing world a year later. And they actually created a position for me for, uh, I think they called it production improvement manager, to focus on continuous improvement all the time. Yeah. And then within, I think it was about a year of that, my boss had left. Um, so then I was promoted to production manager. Um, and then shortly after, promoted to plant manager, then director of operations over that plant and another plant. I think that was before I was 30. Um, so for me, it was kind of like a personal like pride thing of, hey, you know, I'm making my way up. But um, I think the biggest thing that I really liked about continuous improvement was it made people's jobs easier. And the thing that I liked about when I moved into production management was like now I have these methodologies and there was a time where I just wanted it because I thought it would pay good. I mean, if I'm being honest, but as I started going through that, I started finding the beauty of it is the higher up you go in an organization, the more people you can positively impact. And I mean, if you suck at it, you can negatively impact as well. But that was kind of the most fun part of the learning journey is taking these things that now I've learned and then I can teach to other people. And that's probably part of the reason why I moved into the some of the mentorship stuff is I just I feel like there's so many things that I wish I would have known that if I can teach that to more people and they can avoid the mistakes that I've made, which are abundant, that'd be great. So there's so many things you're saying that are singing to my heart. First of all, I am a quality professional operations, Six Sigma Black Belt, and you so get it. It's not just a check the box. We have this program. We're going to save money, cut jobs, what have you. No, it is part of just making people's lives easier. But I do have a question because this is stuff I didn't know about you. I knew that you had ascended from line you know, operator all the way to plant management. Was it grit? Was it just you doing a good job? Did you have an advocate? Did you know how to build good relationships with the right people? Because sometimes people like you that are just on a path for success get stuck because either they just don't know how to navigate, they don't have an advocate or mentor. What was key to that for your rapid growth? Ooh, so it started out as me being good at what I was doing, which is the, uh-huh. the typical pitfall, right? Um, I know I've often said the best cheese cutter didn't make the best operator. The best operator doesn't make the best supervisor. Like it's not always this continual path. That is how I got to production lead is I was a really good operator. Mm-hmm. When I was a production lead, that was probably 2011. So I was maybe I was a few years out of the military. The only thing I knew about leadership was what I learned at boot camp. 
which is you yell at people and they do what you say. <laughs> so as a production lead, I would say like, I, I have this like relationship piece, but then when I wanted something done, it was tell them how Adam would have done it and yell. And then it would, it would move the, move the needle. It worked to a point. Um, what I didn't recognize at that time being, a you know, barely over in my twenties was that it was probably just a one-time win. And if I would have never read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I would probably still be at that place as a production lead, maybe a planner. I read that book, I think in 2011, 2012, right before I started going back to school and immediately realized like everything I'm doing is likely very wrong. And looking back on it now, well, I mean, the entire premise of that book is getting people to want to do it right and if you're yelling like nobody wants they react because you're the boss and they don't want to get fired but that's not a long-term win for anybody not for the boss not for the employee not for the company and reading that book just put me on like a completely different trajectory in my head of just the biggest thing is seeking to understand like nobody wakes up to fail right if you have an organization of fifty thousand, the worst employee maybe everybody knows they're the worst that person does not wake up and say, I'm going to suck. Never, not ever. So if you can understand, we can understand the fact that nobody wakes up to suck, right? As leaders, it's our job to bring the best out in them. And I, I guess like all of that kind of came from that book. And I'd say that really started on my path of self-discovery or just change. Before that, I was a very, I always, I'd say once I was like 1920, I had confidence borderline arrogance. Um, actually, the VP of HR at Masters would tell you I was arrogant. Um, so it doesn't have to say borderline. But like just realizing the fact that there was a lot of things I was doing wrong and helped me, helped me greatly, I'd probably still be stuck if I hadn't read that book. There's so much in there. And you know, one of the things I do find is that subject matter experts, good line operators, they're good at what they do and they move up and they never change their ways. But just having those moments of either somebody saying, you suck, you're arrogant, giving you some feedback or getting external input, whether it's a course, a book, consuming this podcast and getting additional thoughts about how do you approach your daily work. That wake up call of, oh my, (laughs) have I been doing, like you say, things wrong. I didn't realize having a significant other and actually listening to say, Deb, do you realize you just really didn't behave very well in that situation? We just need feedback from the universe, even if it's just a book, because it can spark inspiration. That was what sparked the inspiration when I moved from my corporate role into my business, listened to podcasts, read a lot of books, cried, (laughs) had the pity party, got through it and realized I wasn't being who I wanted, needed to be. And now I am enjoying having a great conversation with an amazing leader. So I'm going to switch it up on you a little bit. We're not going to talk about necessarily your work, but you, you and your wife have this passion work, working with like incubators and startups. I would love to know more. How did you get into that? And what impact have you had on those entities? So I would say those are two separate things. Um, the first one is the incubator, which is, uh, it's, it's the specific one we work with is a high school incubator. So going back years before, um, I used to do junior achievement, which is teaching kids about entrepreneurism. And um, I just liked teaching something that I always found fascinating, but was never taught in school. A lot of kids idolize, I always think about this, kids idolize Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, right? 
And I never really did. I always admired like CEOs and vice presidents. I don't necessarily know why, but I think that piece is probably what got me into the entrepreneurship side. But anyway, so it was doing junior achievement. And then we started our business and we had a lot of good local press and just had a local high school reach out and say, hey, we're starting this program. It's not new around the nation, but it's new to Sheboygan. Would you guys be interested in helping? That was right before COVID. We did. It's super cool. We're like, you get to see all these different pitches. And because I've done Dale Carnegie leadership training, like the whole pitch thing is where I was more attracted to, like, I can teach these kids to pitch. And then, you know, through the whole ideation, fit well with our product. And so we've been doing that for, well, we did it two years. This year, um, I've transitioned. I'm still personally mentoring one of the kids who's done with high school, who did win $1,000 last year for his product. But I'm switching to a coach role this year um, just because of my, my travel schedule. And then outside of that, so that's like the incubator piece. But then some of the other people is just kind of a byproduct of networking. My history at that plant and you know helping uh, being responsible for a nine-figure budget made me realize at a very young age, like a lot of this is very equatable. Like my household income to my expenses is just like a business. And what I've found is a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that, right? Like they have this great idea and then they start rolling with the idea. They don't understand how to manage a business. They don't understand how to. And so it's just kind of been this, again, going back to the kid thing, like I didn't know it at some point. I learned it. So if I can keep somebody else from falling on their face, and honestly, three of them are my competition. They're, they're other alcohol beverage brands. But at the end of the day, it's a multi-billion dollar worldwide thing. Like if I'm worried about them taking a little bit of a slice of the pie, that means I'm not doing something wrong. So happy to help out if I can, just so they don't have to fall in their face. So that is amazing. I mean, also, again, just giving back to community, I'm sure you've been impacted in the process in addition to just impacting the people as well. Oh, I, I learn a ton. Like, what do you learn? No, just let's just go there a little bit. What have you learned maybe about yourself, about younger people today? And then we're going to go hit your business. <laughs> well, so some of the, the pieces I learned about myself is for some reason, like I always want to help to the point that my wife, like I'll spend time at night doing that. But the thing is like, I don't know how to, and same thing, and you probably experienced this in Six Sigma, but like you may not be a subject matter expert, but once you start asking questions and then you start learning more and then you can apply, like, I think the biggest thing is, is although I may be helping somebody understand a process, I'm not an expert by any means. And if I can accept that, when I ask them what they're doing, then I can learn another piece that I can then maybe apply to my business. I actually recently found out the trademark logo that I have on mine is incorrect because I was talking to another beverage business owner. Mm. So that's something I can now correct because I was trying to help him with sales. And it's just simple things like that. It's like the, the you know, half a percent thing where I can just keep compounding it. The kids, the, the biggest thing, that one's been the most challenging because they're, they're still high schoolers who it's a class, but they can also like, it could be a successful business and they don't necessarily understand that. So it's getting them to understand it. And I think between the high school, my personal kids and anybody I've ever worked with, like, that's what I was saying at the beginning. Like I've just figured out that all of it's kind of equatable. Even with my kids, I used to yell all the time. Uh, if you ask my 16-year-old, I was a yeller, just like I said I was at work. And now I'm just a patient, more understanding, not always patient, but 
<laughs> just, uh, I don't know. It's taking all those pieces and continually putting them together. You know, it's the same thing. Um, my, I'm married 33 years and to my best friend, I know him since I was 16. And it's one of those things that, you know, when you grow up, you have certain ways of responding to situations. And I didn't like to argue. I came from kind of a tough, you know, upbringing. I didn't want to argue. I wanted to keep the peace. And he knew that. <laughs> and he would purposely, I don't know, push my buttons to the point where one day I just took something and threw something at him and says, how do you feel? And I said, I feel much better. And so just knowing and maturing uh, how to build a relationship, what works better. And so since then, we have matured. <laughs> I don't comment about how did he fold the towels? I'm just happy he folded the towels to support everything you need. So it's amazing how you change. But you know what? If you change your behavior or reaction to a situation, you get a different result. People might be more cooperative or consider new ideas or thoughts. That's parenting. That's business. But let's, it's all about you again. So fast forward, you are in your own business. Tell us a little bit more about that and anything exciting you want to share. Because again, I am just taken aback by all that you have done in your young years and who you are becoming as a business owner. So tell me more about that. Thank you. Yes. So I, I was in that cheese world, moved over to pizza for a bit, but my wife and I were doing keto in 2018 and um, weren't really drinking alcohol, which is a bit taboo in Wisconsin uh, because we couldn't find anything we really liked. And that's when seltzers really started taking off. We tried one in, in May of 2018. I actually spit mine back out. I didn't think it was worth it. My wife tried it. She drank it, but wasn't a fan. I started mixing stuff very quickly that I was making a vodka lemonade without carbs or sugar. And friends and family loved it. I figured it already existed. I went out and bought about $500 worth of stuff on the market, low carb, low sugar. All of it tasted like something I did not like at all. And then I started going to bars and restaurants and asking, why are you drinking that? And in 2018 is really when it started taking off. And everybody would reply with, it's low carb, it's low sugar, it's low calorie. And I'm like, yeah, but do you like taste? Mm -hmm. And the best answer I'd get is, meh, it's okay. And I'm like, oh, imagine you could have like a vodka lemonade or a vodka cranberry, and then it'd have the same nutrition panel. Oh, yeah, I'd much rather drink that. And like there was one out of 10 who really liked them. And that honestly seems to correlate like with our, our close ratio on consumers and retailers. You know, if, 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 we're, if I was having this conversation with anybody who's been through an MBA, they'd tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, 300 people as far as a sample size and not physically giving them product and then just going off and starting a business not smart at all um, by by their standards, but we've been through some operational challenges, but we've gotten through those and now have been able to focus on sales. Growth has just exploded. It's It's been a super fun ride. And, you know, it's been really cool where this cocktail that I used to make just in my home bar is now being enjoyed on the East Coast out on the ocean, just in a can uh, based mm. on the formula that, that I made. And that's, uh, I don't know, oddly fulfilling, never figured thought myself to be in the booze industry ever but at the end of the day it's been the most fun thing in the world fun fact for you deb that i didn't share today is my wife's first day not working full-time somewhere else she she's actually just moving to part-time but just to help in the business more so uh, yeah it's been a super cool ride a lot more flexible spending more time with family when we want so it's been great congratulations and that's wonderful because just getting that balance and spending more time is has been a pursuit for mine, and I am starting to feel that. But uh, what role does she play within the business? So um, 
we're, we're very much a skeleton crew. Yeah. So she is going to take over marketing for me and really focus on, she loves event planning. So, mm-hmm. uh, she, well, she does all of our accountant CFO type stuff always has just has done it at night. So she's going to continue doing that, but then working with our marketing team and making sure that the social is planned out in line with the vision of the brand and really like events. Generally, we wait till somebody invites us. So just to get more exposure, she, she's going to really start go out and start hitting events and probably in getting me out into to markets more often, probably because she wants to get me out of the house. But I love what you said there, because I too, I was a little frustrated when I started my business. I was like, can I be on your podcast? Ooh, I'd love to speak. Hey, I'd love to write for your magazine and always chasing the opportunity. But as soon as you can say, you know what? I'll figure it out. Let me create my own platform. I'm going to put do my own event. <laughs> Might screw up. I hope people show up. But at the end of the day, you have control over your destiny. The only thing you don't is will the people come? Will the people see you, et cetera? But at least there's something to say. I'm not chasing. Right. <laughs> I'm creating the platforms that I need to. And with time, I trust the people will come. So that's beautiful. Any challenges working with a significant other in the business? And how do you separate that? <laughs> I would say the, the, the biggest, we've, we've gotten pretty good at, I feel like we've gotten pretty good mm-hmm. at it. Like not to say we don't get frustrated with each other, but part of it is integrating the fact that we, my head is always there. She can turn it uh-huh. off a little bit better than I can, but part of that is she's accepted that that's Adam. So when I'm randomly talking about increasing sales at 645 at the dinner table, like she'll let me rant for five minutes. And then part of it is I'm aware enough. I feel like that when she corrects me, like I can accept it of, mm-hmm. Hey babe, um, you know, why don't we <laughs> take five minutes and talk about family stuff and then not worry about the business. And I would say a 10 years ago, me would have been like, how dare you, you know, as we're now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if I'm, if she's bringing it up, it's, it's obviously bothering her. So I, I just got to simmer down and Part of it is I think she's she's good at being honest with me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting better at being honest with her and then both of us just accepting it and not not doing the, I would say, stereotypical defensive mechanism of just, mm-hmm. hey, she's calling it out. So I need to accept she wouldn't be doing it for fun. Right. So I need to accept that she's bringing it up for good reason. I mean, that's a beautiful thing as business partners or co-collaborators on anything. It's not about he, she, they, us, or anything like that. It's kind of about maturing together and leveraging each other's strengths, paying respect to it, but also um, putting things aside, putting aside differences, but also knowing when you have to have a strong conversation to get through an issue. That's the only way your business is going to be sustainable. Adam, I am just so taken aback by you and your journey, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do in a year or five from now, but also the other people that you're going to influence. I just let you know, I am inspired by how much you have done so early in your career, as well as the awareness. I know you've had challenging times, but look at where you're at now. For my listeners, just listening to Adam's story about you could take control of your career and do some amazing things. So before we bring this to a close, any last closing thoughts that you may share with people either in their career or maybe aspiring entrepreneurs, any last thoughts you want to leave with them? I think the the hardest pill to swallow, but the most freeing one ever. Damon John once posted on LinkedIn, I think it was, that he asks one question in his interviews. What has happened to you since you turned 18 years old that was outside of your control? Hmm. And if you take a look in the mirror and realize 
that there is nothing that is outside of your control. There's every situation, there's two options. One, physically change the situation, or two, change your perception towards it. I could have a very ill parent, um, knock on wood, I don't. If I did, I can't change that. I'm not a doctor. But what I can do is rejoice on their life, focus on everything positive that they've done throughout their life, and make make where they're at the best that I possibly can. And accepting life through that lens has, like, it doesn't matter what's happening. It's in my control. I'm divorced. And some people could say, well, she lied to you and blah, blah, blah. I married her. That was my decision. If I can own that, then I can own the result and move forward and learn from it. That's the biggest thing I, I, I would say. Takeaway is everything in your life is your control. Such amazing insight. And I know people, after they're done listening to this, I want them to check you out and learn a little bit more about you, Adam, as well as the business that you're developing. Uh, how best could people connect or learn more about you? Uh, yeah, my uh, LinkedIn is open. Feel free to connect there. I think my cell phone is on there as well. And email is adam at drinkcarbless.com. I'm happy to talk to talk to anyone. So you've been amazing guests. I so appreciate your time for me to get to know you and just also be inspired by the work. And I can't wait to see your amazing success in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you, Deb. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.